Welcome back to another episode of Suiting Up Varsity, a podcast dedicated to the sound of the band, the smell of popcorn, the feel of an old letter jacket, the sight of teenagers hoisting trophies high above their heads, and most of all, to the grand history and fantastic stories of Nebraska prep sports. Join us as we look back in time at the great moments from a century plus of Nebraska high school athletics. Throughout this spring and summer, we worked around the corners of Nebraska, from southeast to northwest, from northeast to southwest, trying to determine the greatest athlete ever at each school, open and closed. This week, we returned to podcasting and that endeavor after a bit of a break, but we decided we needed to start working the middle. We decided to find a county along the Platte River, what's more in the middle of Nebraska after all, and settled on Polk County which sits just south of the river, which creates its uneven northern boundary. If you leave the interstate at York and head north on US-81, you'll be in Polk County before you ever see the Platte River. Polk County offers us us four historic town high schools, Osceola, Polk, Shelby, and Stromsburg, and several levels of consolidation and cooperative agreements, some of which cross county lines. We'll try to sort that all out today. Let's start with Osceola, right in the middle of the county. The Osceola Bulldogs are one of the rare Nebraska schools to lean on orange as their primary color. Osceola was a founding member of the Goldenrod Conference in 1938, along with their county neighbors, Shelby, Stromsburg, and Polk. The Bulldogs remained in the Goldenrod until 1982. Then they spent a quarter of a century in the Central 8 League before finding their current home in the Crossroads Conference. Those three leagues are going to come up quite a bit in the history of sports in Polk County. The Bulldogs have two state championship trophies on display, plus two others, one as parts of co-ops, but we'll get to those co-ops later. The first Osceola state championship was won by the girls basketball Bulldogs in 1987 when they beat Scribner 44-40 in the Class C2 final. Guard Jamie Schott earned All-State honors in 87, and she was also a 300-meter hurdle state champ and a volleyball All-Stater. But the big, big star of the 1987 champions was 6'2 junior center Cindy Hayes. Hayes was a three-time basketball All-State selection before she graduated in 1988. She was the consensus all-class All-Nebraska captain as a senior when she averaged over 40 points a game. She was also a two-time All-Stater on the volleyball floor. Hayes went on to have an All-American career at Midland, where she became the leading scorer in Nebraska collegiate history before she was done. There are still a few Osceola girls to discuss, but I'm going to stop right here and say Cindy Hayes is my pick for the greatest female athlete in Osceola high school history. Andrea Graff followed Hayes and was, also, was a two-time basketball All-Stater in 90 and 91. And she was also a repeat All-State pick in volleyball. Wendy Bruliette was a state 400-meter champion in 1999, which was her fifth state track medal in total. Osceola had another great girls basketball team in 2000 when they advanced to the D1 state tournament and opened with a win over Friend before losing to Red Cloud in the semis. In 2003, the Osceola boys got into the state championship business with a Class D state track title. The star was Gordy Coffin, who swept the 100 and 200 and finished his career with 11 state medals. Jan Gross-Nicholas was the Bulldogs' first ever state track champ when he won the high hurdles back in 1956. 
He also anchored the winning 880-yard relay as the Bulldogs finished third that year in Class C. Curtis Bryan tied for the Class C high jump title in 1959. Rob Johansson won the 1985 Class C triple jump. And in recent years, Broderick Ian won Osceola's first individual title in over a decade when he captured the Class D 300 hurdles in 2019. The only back-to-back state track champ in Bulldog history was running in the early 70s. And like the first Osceola track star we mentioned, his last name was Coffin. Cal Coffin claimed the Class C 440-yard dash titles in 1970 in 1971. That was a part of a golden era of Osceola athletics, as the Bulldogs had posted an unbeaten football season in the fall of 1970. They were rated number six and number seven in the big city papers, and halfback Coffin made the All-State team. The first great Osceola football season was also part of that same late 60s, early 70s era. The undefeated Goldenrod Conference Titleists of 1968 shut out five of their nine opponents, and only Henderson stayed close, losing 7-0. The Class C ratings didn't think much of their schedule. They finished eighth in both paper. At the same time, Osceola's boys basketball was making two two trips to the state tournament in three years. The Bulldogs had made 15 trips to state in the all-comers era back in the teens and 20s but the 1967 team was the first Bulldog team to qualify. Led by All-Stater Alan Gisler, Osceola entered state with just one loss and opened the 67 Class C tourney with a comeback win over Seward Concordia. The Bulldogs erased a four-point Concordia lead in the last three minutes for the win. Their run ended in the semifinals with a loss to unbeaten Bertrand. In 1969, Osceola's state tournament appearance was more unexpected. Stromsburg was the district favorite that year and had twice beaten Osceola by 18 points each time, including in the Goldenrod title game. To complicate matters, Bulldog leading scorer Jack Cerny had missed the district opener to be in Leavenworth, Kansas for a military academy qualifying session, and the winter weather threatened to keep him from getting to the district final at all. Osceola boosters pulled out all the stops. I'm imagining kind of a planes, trains, and automobiles operation. And he made it to the Central City Gym just 30 minutes before tip-off. Cerny and his brother Jerry combined for 32 points that night as the Bulldogs upended the regular season results with a 24-point, 75-51 blowout upset of the Vikings. The next week, they beat Howells in the regional playoff and headed back to Lincoln. The Cinderella run ended there with a 71-63 loss to Hastings St. Cecilia. The 1986 Bulldogs made a run to the C2 State Semis. One of their big scorers was a sophomore, John Schott, who would make the All-State list two years later as a senior when Osceola again returned to state. Osceola's greatest wrestler is Kyle Habit who won back-to-back state titles in 1991 and 92. The second title was won as a part of an Osceola-Stromsburg co-op in the sport. But (laughs) I keep putting off talk of co-ops for a moment and mention a couple more Osceola footballers instead. Uh, A couple in the way back here. Walter Chawner was an early days Nebraska football letterman. 1911 was his last year for the Cornhuskers. 
William Herman was another three-time Husker letter winner. His time at NU ended in 1939. Halfback Roger, Robert Dingus was an All-Stater for Osceola in 1960, and he went west for his college career, lettering at Wyoming. Finally, the first football All-Staters in school history were lineman Dick Stirrup in 1949 and Jim Stirrup in 1951. That leaves me with a decision to make. Who is the greatest male athlete in Osceola history? I think I'm going to go with Cal Coffin from the class of 1971, the two-time quarter-mile state champ and all-state football star as the greatest Osceola Bulldog of all time. Alright, let's take a couple of minutes to try to sort out Osceola's co-op history because they've been one of the more active practitioners of cooperative agreements since the NSAA instituted them in the late 1980s. It makes sense that they have state championship trophies from two different co-ops. Now, I'm still in the process of trying to track down all the hundreds of cooperative agreements the NSAA has approved in the last 30 plus years, so this is by no means an exhaustive list, but there are at least four for Osceola. In the late 90s, the Bulldogs combined with southern neighbor Stromsburg to compete in wrestling and track. I've already mentioned wrestler Kyle Haben, who won his second state title as a part of this co-op. The wrestling co-op produced a Class C state title in 1998, even though the Bulldog Vikings, or the Vike Dogs, <laughs> didn't have an individual champion. Justin Sunday, Bob Smalley, Jeremiah Rican, and Ben Berggren all captured second place medals. Sunday returned in 1999 to win an individual title. The track combo seems to only have lasted a few years, but it produced a state champion who we'll discuss when we get to Stromsburg, Nolan Urban. No idea exactly what this co-op used as colors or a nickname. That's one thing I'll be digging for as I strive to complete my list of cooperative agreements this year. Both the wrestling and track co-op seemed to disappear at the end of the 1990s, even before Stromsburg became a part of Cross County High School in 2002. But the wrestling half of it has a new incarnation, with Osceola Cross County competing at the state level. The recent Osceola co-op that has really made waves, though, is their football relationship with High Plains. The OHP Storm Dogs took their orange and blue colors all the way to the eight-man one state title last fall. I don't know where the stars of that team fit in in this conversation because I don't know which high school to lump them into. And since that co-op has been dissolved after winning the state title, we are doubtful to ever have a coffee shop argument about the greatest OHP storm dog ever. The All-Staters for the champs were Keaton Van Heusen, Kyle Stirrup, and Dylan Sewell. I guess we'll call that a three-way tie for Osceola High Plains GOAT. East of Osceola on Highway 92, which bisects the county from west to east, is Shelby. The Huskies have worn black and gold throughout their history and continue to today, even though they became Shelby Rising City through consolidation in 2011. They had co-ops with Rising City twice before the merger, from 1998 to 2000 and in 2010 when the consolidation was already in motion. Shelby, like its county neighbors, was an original part of the Goldenrod Conference, but unlike the other Polk County schools, they didn't stay there long. By World War II, they had moved on. They were in a loop called the Little Six in the 40s and 50s, and then in the short-lived Thunderbird Conference in the 1960s. 
1966, they joined the Crossroads Conference and stayed there until 1982, when they returned to the Goldenrod for a couple years. Then they joined the Central Eight, until it became the Central Seven, and then the Central Six, and then ended in 2009. That's when the Huskies returned to the crossroads, stayed in it even after the 2011 consolidation with Rising City, and remain there today. Let's start our look at Shelby athletic history with a run of great football teams in the late 60s and early 70s. Shelby finished unbeaten and in the eight-man top five three times, 1967, 1970, and 1971. They won the Crossroads Conference Championship in each of those seasons. The most decorated player on those teams was probably Blake Matuzek, a consensus All-State lineman on the 1970 squad. Shelby's first All-Stater had come in 11-man football way back in 1939 when Lewis Burkle was picked for Greg McBride's small school team. Burkle's 1939 squad went 9-0 and was the Huskies' first unbeaten, untied football team. In 1955, the Huskies were playing six-man football, and Myron Heimer was picked All-State. The Shelby girls are the ones who won the school's first state title in 1974 when they defeated Grant, Potter, and Bruning for the Class D volleyball crown. The papers weren't honoring girls as All-Staters yet in 74, but Ann Grossnicholas was certainly worthy of the honor as the Huskies' top player. Once the newspapers woke up to the fact that the girls were competing, Helen Nicolite earned All-State Volleyball honors twice for Shelby in 1978 and 1979. Lindsay Coffin would repeat that accomplishment in 2009-2010. The Huskies' girls' only individual state track medals were won by the uh, Class C 1600 meter relay team in 1987, a team of Margot Abbott, Melanie Lockman, Holly Hernbloom, and Michelle Williams. The most decorated girl athlete competed for the Rising City Shelby consolidation in the early 2010s. Six foot three Chatrice White was a consensus All-State basketballer for the Huskies in 2011, 12, and 13. She was the Class C2 honorary captain three times and chosen to the all-class first team as a senior. She played collegiately at the Division I level at both Illinois and Florida State, earning conference recognition at both stops, and finishing her career in sixth place on the all-time Florida State block shots list. I'm going to stop right there and name Chatrice White as the greatest girl athlete in Shelby and Shelby Rising City history. Shelby's first state, state title on the boys' side came in the 1981 state football playoffs. The Huskies blew out Stapleton and Adams to make the eight-man one state final and then won a 36-31 thriller over Lawrence for the uh, state crown. Chris Voss and Todd Gertis were consensus All-Staters for the champions, and Gertis was named the State Player of the Year. Shelby boys basketball made 17 state tournament appearances. The Huskies played in the state title game for the first time in 1992 when All-Stater Augie Noyd led the Huskies to wins over Pender and Harvard at state. They fell to Bertrand in the C2 championship game. Ryan McMeekin, a sophomore on that runner-up team, would be All-State two years later when the 6'6 senior averaged 25 points a game. 
Shelby returned to basketball's biggest stage in 2004 when they beat Omaha Nation and Humphrey St. Francis to qualify for the D1 state title game. All-Stater Joe Hopwood averaged 12 points a game for the team which fell just short of a state title with a loss to Falls City Sacred Heart. On the track, Shelby's first individual state champion was sophomore Craig Buholtz in 1966 who captured the Class C high jump. He would finish third and second the next two years. Four decades later, Zach Augustine would also earn three medals at state track for the Huskies, topped by the 3,200-meter Class A state championship in 2004. Mason Schlees earned three state medals for Shelby Rising City, including the 2019 Class C long jump title. Shelby first partnered with the Rising City Terriers over a decade before official consolidation when they co-opt football and track from 1998 to 2000. The combined football team put together two great seasons in 98 and 99, playing in the 11-man C2 state semis both years. Casey Ingalls was picked All-State both seasons, earning honors as an offensive lineman and as a punter. Shelby's greatest boy athlete was on that 1998 team that was edged in the playoffs in overtime by Bloomfield. Kurt Tomasevich was an All-State linebacker who went on to letter in football at Nebraska. He also earned three state track medals in the hurdles, triple jump, and mile relay. It was after his Nebraska career that he made a rare sports switch for an athlete from Flatland, Nebraska, taking up bobsledding. Tomasevich competed internationally for the United States for several years, culminating with an Olympic gold medal at the 2010 Games in Vancouver. I'm pretty confident in naming Kurt Tomasevich the greatest athlete in Shelby High School history and giving him the nod in the various combined forms of Shelby Rising City. And I'm absolutely confident in naming him the greatest bobsledder in Nebraska history. South of Osceola on Highway 81 heading for York is Stromsburg, home of the Vikings. Stromsburg was another original member of the Goldenrod Conference in 1938 and stayed in the league until 1984. They spent the rest of the school's history in the Central Eight before consolidating with Benedict to form Cross County High School in 2002. Stromsburg, I think because of its position on railroad routes, developed early and you can see mentions of Stromsburg in early Nebraska prep sports history, even pre-1900. One early sports story involving Stromsburg is Nebraska football star George Flippin, who lettered for NU from 1892 to 1894. Flippin was a pioneer as the first black player in Nebraska and one of the first in all of college football. As far as I can tell, though, he grew up near Henderson. Stromsburg was his home after NU when he set up his medical practice. The Vikings played in 12 of the first 17 state basketball tournaments from 1911 to 1927, the all-comers era. They brought home a state runner-up trophy in 1924 when they lost 7-2 to Chester in the Class I final. Later, they qualified for three straight state tournaments, 1968, 1975, and 1983, but never won a first-round game. I think the greatest Viking basketball star was 1974 grad Bill Parmeter. He was a two-time All-Stater and averaged 29 points a game as a senior. He was also a state triple jump champion. 
Stromsburg shared that 1998 Class C wrestling title with co-op partner Osceola and then won a trophy all for themselves a year later when the Viking football squad plundered the Class C2 playoff bracket. They beat Deschler, Creighton, Sutherland, and Pender. The semifinal with the Sutherland Sailors was the only, ga- was the only game of those in doubt late as the Vikings won that one 14-10. Quarterback Quinn Peterson was awarded his second straight All-State honor and was the C2 honorary captain in 1999. Peterson was also a state track medalist in the discus. Linebacker Jesse Johnson was a consensus All-Stater and named captain of the defensive honorees. The Vikings were also in the football playoffs in 90 and 91 behind two-time All-Stater Jeremy Pinkerman. Nose guard Eric Tigerstrom took Stromsburg to the playoffs in 82 and 83 and was also a two-time All-Stater. In 1982, Stromsburg finished number two in the newspapers after losing to eventual C2 state champion Coleridge in an 18-14 first-round battle. They played in the C2 semis in 1983, falling to Humphrey St. Francis after beating Dodge in the first round. Dwayne Hengler was the first-ever Viking footballer to make two straight all-state football teams, earning those honors in 1952 and 1953. And he led the 53 Vikings to the school's first-ever top-ten finish. In 1962, Stromsburg had its first-ever unbeaten, untied football squad, but the Vikings, with their primarily Class D schedule, were left out of the Class C top-10. Center Chuck Kinnerer was All-State in 1963. The mid-1990s gave us another Stromsburg great, Nolan Urban, from the Class of 96. Urban was all-class and all-Nebraska football uh, and a state discus champion in track, competing for that Stromsburg-Osceola co-op. Urban, who medaled in the shot and discus as a junior as well, went on to star in football at Nebraska Wesleyan. He, he is a member of the Wesleyan Hall of Fame and the Nebraska Football Hall of Fame. On the track, Lee Peterson swept the Class C hurdle races in 1977 to become the first Viking to win two titles. The first ever Stromsburg track champion was a lad named Portash way back in 1932 who won the Class C district. By the way, in 1932, Stromsburg was also competing in state tennis where the doubles team of Clark Powell and Kenneth Christensen finished second in the one-class tournament to a pair from Lincoln Jackson High. In 2000, the Vikings swept the Class D 1600 and 3200 meter relays for the school's first track wins, with Chance McLean running on both of those teams. On the girls' side, the first track champ uh, was also the only double winner. Don Burnt won the Class C high jump in 1982 and 1983. The six-footer was also All-State in basketball when she averaged 21 points a game as a junior. Burnt and teammate Angela Gustafson, a two-time All-Stater herself, led the Vikings to their first-ever state tourney in 1982 when they made the semis before losing to eventual champ Humboldt, 40-37. In 1992, the Vikings made their only appearance at state volleyball behind consensus All-Stater Michelle Brazda. Strongsburg returned to the top of the track medal stand in 1999 when Laurie David captured the Class D 800-meter run. On the girls' side, I think I have to go with the track and basketball star Don Byrne as the greatest Viking of all time. For the boys, 
I think it's too close to call between 1999 quarterback Quinn Peterson and 1996 discus throwing linebacker Nolan Irvin. I'm going to name them co-goats of Stromsburg High School. Our fourth town, uh, town high school in Polk County, is in the community that gave the county its name. They are the Polk High Cubs. Polk is in the southwest corner of the county. The Cubs wore blue and were another original Goldenrod Conference team in 1938. They switched to the Crossroads Conference in 1982 for their last five years as a school before jo joining the polk Cordville Consolidation in 1987. It doesn't take long to identify the golden age of Polk High Athletics. And no, it doesn't involve Al Bundy's 4TD effort in 1966, as often retold on Married with Children. No, just look at the Cubs State Championship trophies. 1960 track, 1961 basketball, 1962 basketball. All in Class D within three years. Add in four top five football finishes from 60 to 64, and there's no question we've come to the high point for Polk Athletics. The track team in 60 was led by eight-time state champion Roger Merchant. Merchant won the 220 as a sophomore, captured the 100 in the long jump as a junior, and swept the 100-220 in long jump as a senior on that 1960 state title team. Oh yeah, and he teamed up with Gaylord Doe's Reggie Green and Gary Stoll to set a new class record in the 880-yard relay that year. The Championship Cup basketball teams had their own superstar, 6'2 Darwin Hahn. Hahn was consensus All-State both years that Polk won the Class D crown with championship game wins over Indianola the first year and DeWitt the second. He also picked up a track medal in the long jump in 62 and anchored the state champion 880-yard relay team that year. In the fall of his senior year, he led the Cubs to a 9-0 football mark and earned All-State pigskin honors as a running back. But the real football star may have been Reggie Green. Green was on both of those championship 880-yard relays, first with Merchant and then with Hahn. He was also All-State basketball in 62. But football was where he earned the most recognition, earning All-State honors in both his junior and senior years as an end. He led the Cubs to fourth place and second place finishes in the Class D 11 man ratings, including that 9 0 Goldenrod Conference Championship team in 61. Any of those three would make a very worthy Polk Cub goat. But that's not the end of Polk High history. Let's look around a little bit more first. Way back in 1921, Polk scored an unbeaten, untied 9-0 football season, which they wrapped up with a 26-0 Thanksgiving Day win over the Grand Island Reserves. They only gave up 19 points all year in a season that also included wins over Sutton, Ulysses, Hampton, and David City. Polk basketball was active on the state stage at that time as well. The Cubs participated in five state tournaments in the all-comers era, winning at least two games in three of those. Once qualification started, Polk was a state tournament regular. They played in tournaments in every decade but the 40s, between 1936 and 1986. The 1976 team beat Clearwater to make the Class D semifinals. Their stars were Dana Anderson, who scored 16 points a game that year and was named All-State, and Tom Carlstrom, who would score 20 a game in 77 and earn the same All-State honor. 
Karlstrom was also a consensus Class D All-Stater in football in 1976. Scott Hudson was chosen football consensus All-Stater at two positions in 1978 when he led the Cubs to their first NSAA playoff appearance. Hudson was All-State in basketball, too, and played in a Class D state final in that sport in 78 and a semifinal in 79. Add that to the Class D long jump title and a couple triple jump state medals, and Hudson is looking like a good candidate even versus those guys from the Golden Age. Two other guys who played with Hudson also earned All-State basketball honors, Mark Clymer in 1978 and Doug Schenk, who earned his in 1981. Schenk was All-State football as well. That 78 basketball team defeated Venango and Philly before losing to Hildreth in the final. Before Roger the Speed Merchant's amazing track run in the late 50s, Polk had already had several track champions. Walden Valls won the Class D district in 1949 after meddling twice in the high jump the previous two years. Well, at least I assume it was him both times. I'm assuming the Bob Valls from Polk that meddled in 1948 is Walden by another name who meddled in 1947 and then won in 1949. Jerry King won the Class D medal, uh, mile medal, uh, excuse me, he won the Class D mile race in 1955, while his teammate William McNaught was winning the pole vault and setting a new class record. Mike Lindbergh won the 120-yard hurdles in 1970 to give him four career state medals. Randy Brantling doubled up on the long jump and triple jump titles in 1978. Run, jumping also runs in families. And on the girls' side, Marla Brantling uh, won the Cubs' first state track title, winning the 1974 long jump. Jody Widga won the 400 meters in 1985, and Sylvia Veit became the only double state champ in Polkai history by winning the Class D 1600 in both 1986 and 1987. Jane Johnson was an All-State volleyball player for the Cubs in 1983. I feel like goat high honors for the Polk High girls go to the miler, Sylvia Veit. And she doesn't, she wasn't done, by the way. She finishes her career as a senior with Polk Ordville, so we'll hear more about her later. So I'm pretty confident in naming Sylvia Veit as the Polk High girls' greatest athlete ever. On the boys' side, I'm still conflicted. I'm... I'm going to go back to the big three from the early 1960s glory days. Reggie Green's resume is excellent, but it's dulled a bit by the small size of Class D 11-man football in that era. Often there were only about 10 Class D teams playing 11-man football, sometimes fewer than that in the division. So that kind of devalues his all-state recognition just a bit. That leaves me with track star Roger Merchant, and the hero of the two basketball titles, Darwin Hahn. I'll think, I think I'm going to wimp out and name them both as the co-greatest athletes in Polk Cub history. Before we get to the one historical and two current consolidations based in Polk County, there is one small rural high school to deal with. High Prairie High was located in the northwest part of the county near the Platte River actually closer to Clark's than any town in Polk County. High Prairie made one appearance in the state basketball tournament in the All-Comers 1928 Class Q bracket. 
Class Q was the lowest division, and High Prairie lost to Stapleton 17-4 in the first round. High Prairie kind of disappears from interscholastic sports for a decade and more after that. They aren't even in the giant 1931 tournament, and there's no sign of them in the papers until... In 1942 and 1943, they start appearing in the basketball score reports again. They plan to compete in the Polk County Tournament in 42 until it's canceled by Scarlet Fever outbreak. But then in the 42 Class D districts in Monroe, a junior named Ralph Willits scores 17 as Tiny High Prairie mounts a big comeback and nearly upsets seeded Duncan Blue Jays. High Prairie didn't quite pull that upset off, but with Willis coming back in 43, I'm sure hopes were high. And they were 5-0 entering the Polk County Tourney of 43, where they won an exciting 33-32 contest over the Osceola B team. They then fell to Stromsburg, the Stromsburg JVs, actually, in the county semis. Osceola and Stromsburg Farsties would have been playing in the upper division. But it looked at that time that they might be a factor in Class D districts. Except, this is the height of World War II. And the NSAA contracts state basketball in 43 back down to just two classes. Meaning little tiny high prairie is going to be thrown in with schools many multiple times larger. In fact, it's very possible that Ralph Willits and the other five guys I see in basketball box scores that year are the only boys in the entire school. That's how small High Prairie is. In the end, they didn't even compete at districts. They were on a list of schools that had stopped paying their NSAA dues. And the high school closes its doors for good in 1944. Ralph Willits' name, though, stays in the sports sections for several years as a pretty good semi-pro baseball player in the state, and later he's very active in promoting the history of the semi-pro game in Nebraska. And now, he is my pick for the greatest athlete in the history of High Prairie High School. Like Shelby, which joined Rising City from Butler County, Polk also formed a consolidation across the county line, joining Hordeville of Hamilton County in 1987 to wear, to wear red and white and call themselves the Polk-Hordeville Wildcats. Those Wildcats wasted no time in capturing a state title, as the gir girls' track team raised a trophy high at Omaha Burke the very first spring of consolidation to celebrate the 1988 Class D State Track Championship. Sylvia Veit, who had won two state track titles, uh and five total medals as a Polk Cub rose to even greater heights as a Wildcat. She swept the 800, 1600, and 3200, even taking uh, the all-class gold in the 800. All-class gold from a Class D runner. Brendan Van Heusen medaled behind Veit in the two longer races, and the two of them teamed up to earn Polk Hordeville a third place in the two-mile relay and earn them big points toward that team title. The boys of the consolidation got off to a quick start as well. They played in the football playoffs and finished in the eight-man top ten in each of the first six years the school was open. Their best run was 1989 when they defeated Wallace and Potter Dix to advance to the D2 semifinals where they fell to Butte. They were led by Dale Van Heusen, who earned All-State honors for the second straight year. 
Van Heusen was also a track star for the Wildcats, winning five individual titles in the 200, the long jump, and the triple jump. He captured the Class D crowns in both of those jumps in both 88 and 89. Bill and Brent Pickrell anchored the Wildcat defensive line as All-Staters nine years later when Polk Cordville returned to the football semifinals. They beat Dorchester, Southeast Consolidated, and Nelson before falling to Humphrey uh, St. Francis in the semis. The boys' basketball team played in the D1 state semifinals in the school's very first year. Uh, Jerry Sagehorn averaged almost 19 points a game and was named All-State as the Wildcats beat Sandhills in that first state tourney appearance. Teammate Steve Hendricks would average 24 and 28 in the next two seasons to earn All-State honors in both of those years. Shane Samuels was also a two-time All-Stater in 92 and 93 as he led Polk Hordeville to state as a junior. The volleyball team was the D1 state runners-up in 1996. Amber Schenck earned her second of three All-State mentions that fall. The Wildcats swept Friend and Wausau in that tournament before being edged by a great chapel team in the finals. Polkordville lost the first set of the best-of-three final but roared back in the second to force the decider. Chapel, with future Nebraska volleyball star Kim Behrens and a 54-game win streak going, barely escaped, 16-14. Jenna Seeley earned her first of two All-State honors that fall. In their great short history, Polk Hortville also played in the state volleyball semis in 1989, 94, 95, and 97. Mindy Seeley was All-State on that 1994 team, her second such honor. She was also All-State basketball in 1995, and she won 16 state track meet medals, including winning the Class A at Class D 800 as a freshman in 1992, the 400 in the mile relay in 93, and the 800 again in 94. With the four event per year limit for an individual, 16 medals is the most possible. It's perfect. Not sure how many people have pulled that off. Though Polk Gold Goat Sylvia Vite and volleyball Amber Shank have volleyball star Amber Shank have great resumes. I think that's convinced me to name Mindy Seeley as the greatest girl athlete in Polk Hortville High School history. For the boys, I think it's the football track star from the opening years of the school, Dale Van Heusen, who reigns as the greatest athlete in Wildcat history. Polk Hortville competed for 13 school years before joining a school from yet another county, the Clark's Blue Bombers of Merrick County, to form High Plains High School. Was that name, is that name, a Polk County nod to the history of High Prairie High School? I don't know the answer to that. The High Plains Community High School Storm opened up shop wearing red, white, and blue in the fall of 2000, and they are celebrating their 20th year with three state championship trophies already secured. One we've already discussed, their 2019 co-op football title with the Osceola High Plains Storm Dogs when they beat Elkhorn Valley, Creighton, Howells Dodge, Cross County, and Burwell to take the eight-man one trophy. By the way, that cross-county semifinal was about as Polk County as it gets, and we'll get to the Cougars soon. 
High Plains' first state title, though, came in 2015 when the boys' basketball squad defeated Humphrey St. Francis 64-61 to to win Class D-1. They had been D-2 runners-up the year before to Bancroft Rosalie, and they played in the D-1 semifinals the next year in 2016. That era saw several Storm All-Staters. Cole Klingsporn earned the honor three times from 2013 to 2015, Logan Fleming was All-State in 13 and 14, and Thomas Young was honored in 15 and 16. Sam, Samuel Johnson was a consensus All-State pick in 2016. And before that run, Marcus Bender had been All-State for High Plains in 2007 and 2008. The Storm football program had successful playoff runs before the two-year co-op experiment with Osceola. They advanced to the third round in 2011, 12, and 15. Defensive back Tanner Fate was the first ever Storm All-Stater in football in 2012. Kicker Omar Ramirez and all-around athlete Josh Demers were All-State for the 2015 football team. Basketball star Logan Fleming picked up a football All-State pick as well in 2013. High Plains Wrestling has had one repeat state champion, Logan Russell who won Class D at 106 pounds in both 2017 and 2018. Russell was also a state track champ, as he teamed with Dylan Sewell, Bradley Powell, and Keaton Van Heusen to win the 1,600-meter relay in 2018. Russell also claimed two individual medals in the 3,200 run in his junior and senior years. The first Storm state track champ came in the school's first spring when Tyson Glasser won the 2003 Class D long jump. He led off a run of High Plains winners in the jumps. Levi Lindbergh won the 2005 long jump, as teammate Drew Rodin was capturing the triple jump. A decade later, basketball All-Stater Samuel Johnson grabbed the long jump state title in, in 2016. Andrew Schuller finally diversified the Storm Trophy case with a Class D discus championship in 2017. The Storm have had one girls uh, track state champion, Elizabeth Hayes, in the Class D district in 2011. She earned three other state track medals in the shot and discus in her career, and I think that makes her the greatest girl athlete in High Plains Community High School history. For the boys, I think it comes down to the Logans. The football-basketball All-Stater Logan Fleming and the wrestling track state champion Logan Russell. In one of the closest calls I had, I've had, I think I'm going with the wrestler, Logan Russell, as the greatest High Plains Storm boy athlete ever. And finally, we get to another school in that great uh, electric Polk County eight-man football semifinal from the fall of 2019, Cross County. The Cougars have been wearing navy blue and silver since 2002 when the Stromsburg Vikings and the Benedict Eagles consolidated. That 2019 semifinal football team defeated three schools in the playoffs, which represented a multitude of communities. Get a load of this. First round, Laurel, Concord, Coleridge. Second round, Bruning, Davenport, Shickley. And in the third round, Tri-County. Lineman Thomas Harrington Newton was consensus All-State for those Cougars. Before him, several Cougars had been honored by both papers. Hunter Miller, Alignment in 2016, Isaac Moore in 2008, and Toby Ball in 2002. The girls' basketball team 
played in the 2006 D1 state final after beating Elgin Pope John and Cambridge in the first two rounds. They lost to Humphrey St. Francis in the final, but sisters Jenna and Megan Allison both earned All-State honors. Megan, just a sophomore in 06, was All-State for the next two years as well, averaging over 25 points a game as a senior. The pair had led the Cougars to state volleyball in the fall of 2005, where they fell to St. Francis in the semis. The Allison sisters were both All-State that season, and Megan also tripled on the All-State volleyball lists as a junior and a senior. The older sister, Jenna, added two discus medals at state track in her career. The most decorated girl trackster for the Cougars, uh, who have never captured an individual title, is Lindsay Larson, who won six state medals in the sprints and long jump from 2009 to 2012. I think the all-time Cougar nod on the girls' side goes to Megan Allison, the basketball and volleyball three-time All-Stater. The boys' race is tight as we look into Cougar track history. Football All-Staters Toby Ball, Isaac Moore, and Hunter Miller also won two individual track medals, but a couple of new names appear on the track list. Aaron uh, Gianow won back-to-back Class C 400-meter championships in 2015 and 16, but the most decorated Track and field Cougar is Parker Anderson, who swept the Class C 100, 200, and 400 in 2013 to bring his career medal total to six. I think his dominance of the sprints in 2013 makes Parker Anderson the greatest cross-county Cougar athlete of all time. That brings us to the end of our list for Polk County. This episode will be the first to premiere on our new Patreon blog. It will be there for about five days before it shows up in our regular podcast feed. If you'd like to hear episodes early and get a bunch of other great Nebraska high school sports history perks, consider supporting our project by becoming a patron. Patreon is a membership platform that provides tools for content creators like me to run a subscription service in addition to the free things we offer. It helps creators and artists earn a little monthly income by providing rewards and perks to their subscribers. And it gives you a simple way uh, to show you enjoy our content. Uh, We will use the money raised to propel our project and preserve and share Nebraska high school sports history, with, of course, our ultimate goal being uh, an update of the Nebraska state history in book form. We have Patreon tiers at $1, $5, and $25. Our $1 Patreon tier gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling of helping a project that you enjoy, but it also gives you extra access to more photos beyond what we post on the at Varsity Twitter feed. It also gives you early access to all podcast episodes. Our $5 tier is for people who want uh, all the above things, plus a chance to be involved in our research. These folks get an inside look at what we're researching, including subjects that we've explored that are just too long for Twitter, but maybe too quick for the podcast, so we post articles there quite often. These people also get access to a couple of our big data lists. Number one, our list of all the high schools we know of in Nebraska, opened and closed, and their school colors and nicknames. Number two, access to our conference membership timeline, where we try to track the membership of Nebraska high school conferences in a graphic format. Uh, This tier will also get an invite to an exclusive Suiting Up Varsity get-together at State 
football and state basketball time where we can talk history and compare stories uh, and just enjoy each other's company. In the current time, these may be online get-togethers. These people also have a chance to request topics for research. They can ask for a school, a conference, a special season, uh, some question that they're trying to get answered, etc. Finally, our $25 tier gets patrons an inside look at what their favorite school's pages will look like when we get our book done. We will share everything we know about the school of that person's choice. All-staters, state champs, tracks medalists, conference membership and championships, athletic facilities, photos, stories, anything else we have on that school. They also have a chance to work as an editor, really, uh, for that school and direct us to areas that need more coverage or questions that need to be answered. Plus, they get everything from the other tiers. Take a look and see if, if any of those are something that would work for you. Patreon.com slash SuitingUpVarsity. Thanks for your consideration. Well, that's it for Polk County. Until next time, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at SuitingUpVarsity. Or check out our newly spruced up webpage at SuitingUpVarsity.org. There, we have links to the Twitter nominations that we solicited for greatest athletes at each Nebraska school, a link to our curated list of Nebraska high school sports history films on YouTube, a list of school songs, a list of uh, when school gyms hosted their first basketball games that were starting to develop, and links to all of our episodes. We hope to hear from you soon. Also, if you like this podcast, take time to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you find your podcast. It helps others find our show. Or better yet, share one of our episodes on Twitter or Facebook or other social media. Help other Nebraska sports fans find our podcast. This has been Suiting Up Varsity, episode number 35. Written and produced by me, Greg Mays. Technical and research assistance by my brothers, Tate Mays and Trent Mays. Helpful audio advice and encouragement from Chris Shukai. And, as always, dedicated to Jerry Mathers, the godfather of Nebraska high school sports history and the inspiration for this podcast. Suiting Up Varsity is the anchor show of the Nebraska Varsity Network. Copyright 2020.